Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra, the first one of the 2023 NFL season, and I'm joined by no other than sports guy, JP. <laughs> sports guy, JP, this is your uh, this is your first uh, show this year, right? Yeah, big deal. Great applause from the Poor Man Studios. Happy to be back at it. Oh, they're and, big uh, fans. Yeah, definitely. Uh, big fan, big applause. Appreciate it. Big fan of the show, too, here, by the way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The regular Poor Man's podcast. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what's crazy, go back. Uh, anybody listening to the sports show for the first time, go back. Uh, listen to some hockey. I had a one-on-one with Darius Kasparitis. Go back and listen to that. That was super cool and like <laughs> that's crazy jp remember like growing up and just drafting guys on nhl and stuff and now you're like talking to him in my basement yeah my like earliest memories of him was just like he was the one guy with the long hair and ice time oh one or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> before he went to colorado for like half a year and then new york and but yeah uh casparitis was always super uh entertaining to watch always like those de- defensive defensemen you know, Brooks Orpic type. Um, let's see. Well, let's get into some football talk. Like we just said, this is the uh, the first show we're doing this regular season. We were going to talk in the preseason, but the preseason talks all the same. All pretty much speculation. And then you kind of do all the same stuff for four weeks, and you kind of change what you have. Well, we can just wait until the last week, and then, you know, do the most recent things that we think. So going into week one, this is the Tuesday before the opening kickoff. JP, do you want to start? Let's start with a little bit of uh, NFL just overall talk. We have the Chiefs playing on Thursday. Um, who are they playing again? Jeez. Chiefs, they open uh, at Kansas City against Detroit. That's right. So uh, I know you have Travis Kelsey in two leagues. I have Travis Kelsey in my one league. The only reason I don't have him in two is because I'm in a league against you. So you have him in that one. So out of our two teams, or two teams in two leagues, we have the maximum amount of Travis Kelsey, who looks like he could be out for an extended period of time. Uh, Chris Jones is still not signed with the Chiefs. What are your thoughts on uh, Chiefs and Lions before we get into some uh, Pittsburgh Steeler talk? Sure. I think it's um, actually going to be more of an exciting matchup than anticipated. I think Detroit is coming off of pretty solid year offensively defensively in particularly in the secondary they've struggled but Jared Goff has definitely come along nicely and I you know they've had an exploiting offense with Amaron St. Brown and a bunch of nobodies playing wide receiver so I'm excited to see what offense they bring Travis Kelsey from I heard uh, they said Thursday status in doubt which is no surprise but uh, I think he may be questionable from that going forward, unless you've heard otherwise. Is he out an extended period of time? I've, I've heard mixed things. So at first it showed is questionable for Thursday. And then I heard somebody say he could be out half a season. So, like, I've heard 
a big range of how it could be. Um, hopefully, it's not like a. From what I saw, it was a strain or something, or or he hyperextended it. It wasn't like yeah. an ACL tear or anything. Anything with knees always terrifies me because that's always extended period of time. Plus, it just sucks. I tore my ACL, and that recovery, and that's a whole year gone. And just the mental part of coming back from something like that. And it's so funny, too, JP, because we were just talking, like, literally a day ago. I was like, Travis Kelsey is always a safe pick. He's always very healthy. Yeah, and this is actually the first game he's missing since his rookie season. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he's been durable his whole career till now. Um, I also have Mahomes in two leagues, so... I mean, the Kelsey injury is going to hurt him as well. Fortunately, I picked up essentially every wide receiver on the Chiefs in both leagues, too. I'm just hoping for one to break out. Maybe that's earlier said than done now. Um, but no, uh, from Ian Rappaport just uh, an hour ago, it says uh, Travis Kelsey's status is in doubt for Thursday uh, because of his knee injury. But sources tell me it is not believed to be long term. They'll wait for swelling to go down and go from there. Yeah, hyperextension would suck for sure, but um, I wouldn't think it would keep him out for too, too, too long. But obviously, we don't know what's going on, and I'm sure they're going to be very, you know, touchy with him, not trying to rush him back. And if there's a guy who can, you know, overcome a uh, star injury, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no absolutely. matter who's out there, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, also Chris Jones' status of him still uh, on a holdout now. I think he's looking to get somewhere around Aaron Donald, who's kind of an outlier of the salary cap right now. I think he makes about 30. The other edge rushers or nose tackles are making somewhere in the ballpark of like 22 to 24. Yeah. I think he's trying to get in that ballpark. And uh, the absence of him and Travis Kelsey, I think are substantial for the Chiefs. But if there's anyone that can't overcome it, it's like you said, Mahomes. We've seen him his whole career now. Even when they trade Tyreek Hill, he's able to overcome obstacles and still win Super Bowls with, you know, just a bunch of nobodies at receiver. It's almost Brady-esque how it was like uh, Troy Brown and uh, Deion Branch and just guys like this. And then there was a whole new one of of Welker and Moss, although they didn't win a ring, but they were dominant. And then they come in with Edelman and that whole crew, uh, Amendola. Like these are guys who are good, but the quarterback just makes them so much better where if in Kansas City, these guys who might be third or fourth or, you know, or secondary receivers, Mahomes will make them stars. Yeah, they and can I just hold on to the play ball. call yeah. and just what Andy Reid could draw up too, um, using the pass as an extension to the run game with the RPOs and uh, just the motions and drag routes they utilize, getting the balls to you know Tony or Sky Moore out in space, you know, just short, quick routes. And uh, I think Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco are going to step up this week too. The issue I have with Kansas City is. Uh, Two new offensive tackles, Donovan Smith from Tampa Bay and Juwan Taylor from Jacksonville, are coming over to start with um, Andrew Wiley leaving for Washington and uh, Orlando Brown going to uh, Cincinnati. So I think having two brand new tackles going against you know Aiden Hutchinson and a younger uh, tan- or Detroit defense is going to cause some issues up front. Did you uh, have this game as one of your picks? Um, I did, but I'm, I'm going to stick my guns on it later. Um, okay, I, uh, we'll tease it I, then. I picked, oh. As I was say, I picked it, but Travis Kelsey being out, you know, I saw the line actually dropped a point because of that. Oh. I'm interested to see how that goes. Okay, well, we'll, we'll you will address that uh, during your pick segment. Um, 
we were talking about Chris Jones. You said he wants somewhere in the range of $30 million, that Aaron Donald money. Um, somebody else who's kind of looking for that, it sounds like it's Nick Bosa. He, as of now, looks like he could be questionable, not by injury, but just he might not be playing on Sunday against the Steelers. So what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll get into some Steeler talk. I have uh, six things I'm looking for to begin the season. I want to get your uh, your opinion on. This week one matchup against an NFC contender like San Francisco couldn't have gone any better for Pittsburgh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Bosa, absolutely their best player. They have all pros at every level of their defense, but he's simply the best player they have on their entire roster. He's um, one of the best yeah. players on defense. I mean, if you're even questioning Chris Jones, Aaron Donald type of money, probably where Chris Jones will be. You have to be an elite pass rusher. You have to be a top two or three guy at your position. Yeah, and he's coming off a defensive player of the year award, um, you know, double-digit sacks again. He's only 25 years old. Like, I don't understand what the holdup would be. I feel like this is a guy I confidently would pay if I'm San Francisco. Right, it's not a running back either. It's You see these pass rushers usually play until at least 30. At least right. 30. Right, premier pass rusher if you can remember a few years back though joey his brother did have contract negotiations with his uh or with the chargers their dad played football back when he was um younger and um i believe that he had an injury of some sort and missed out on a lot of guaranteed money so i think these both to get boys kind of like understand the business aspect of it and it's yeah they're kind of more uh difficult negotiations but to his credit i mean 18 and a half sacks last season, defensive player of the year. And I think the best player on that defense overall is Bosa. I feel like you pay him, especially when you're not paying a quarterback at the moment. Yeah, for sure. If you're not going to pay him, who are you going to pay at one point? I mean, that's kind of like what they were saying with TJ Watt with the Steelers. Like, you're going to sign him. Or what, you're going to let him walk away, really? I mean, I guess in certain situations you can. But similar to Pittsburgh and Watt, uh, they're not paying a franchise quarterback right now. So maybe they do that for a couple years. By the time it's time to pay Purdy, say he is a franchise quarterback, which is still very much in question. Um, his probably contract is going to be down a little bit. It's not, I mean, over three years or something, the whole cap changes, and it doesn't sound as, as rich as it was at one point. Right. So, I mean, maybe now is the time to do it before the quarterback's too expensive. Um, that seems to be kind of what uh, Cincinnati did with uh, Burrow on a rookie contract. They had these guys, and now that they're all kind of, time to re-sign, it's going to be questionable in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I think... Um, going forward, not right week, now. <clears throat> I think over the course of the week, uh, San Francisco and Nick Bosa will probably come to a deal of some sort because, like we said, I just don't see a reason where you let that guy walk, especially he, when you're a real Super Bowl contender. He hasn't practiced or anything, right? Like he's. No, I mean, I'm sure he's, he's done his own stuff, but... I don't think he's played in a preseason game his whole career, though, so if he's uh, ready, okay. he'll be yeah. ready to go week one. Um, but if he continues to hold out, uh, George Kittle is dealing with a groin injury as well, and he's doubtful too. So, yeah. you know, home game for Pittsburgh, no Bosa potentially, no Kittle as well. They have a new right tackle. You just rush uh, TJ Watt away from the Trent Williams side and generate pressure. Having no Kittle in the blocking to help out in the blocking game is going to be, you know, I think can be a difference maker. Yeah, I mean, and we'll see some of that Steeler pass rush. Um, before I get to the six things, we talked about Joey Bosa. Now, do you think Joey Bosa looks like a shark? Because I feel like he absolutely does. Like if a <laughs> shark came like to life, 
Like he has like the cut off headband to like slick his hair back. Yeah, he looks like a street shark or something. The way his nose is too is very like great white sharky. Yeah, he's like anchor arm shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can get him to uh, get a sponsorship from Anchor Arms. Although the anchor <laughs> arm guy is pretty freaking cool as he is, so maybe maybe that's not the way to do it. Right, we're definitely giving the worst Bosa brother too much credit. Yeah, honestly, one of the best SpongeBob characters, though, not to get too far, is the the driving instructor that's not Mrs. Puff. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him? He's like a military guy, and he gets yeah, hit by yeah. the car. And he like, tells SpongeBob to come get some, and he runs him over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. <laughs> Solid. But I, I wanted, I have six things. I wanted to do three offense and three defense, but I honestly have more interest in some of these offense because I feel like the the defense is, is pretty good right now. Um, so let's start. I guess we'll start at the top, and then we'll work our way down. Number one, these aren't in any order. They're not like number one's the most important or in descending order or anything like that. Um, number one, the most important position in the game, quarterback, JP. I think it's uh, most like uh, any other team. You kind of go the way your quarterback goes, unless you have Kyle Shanahan or somebody like that. Is that his name? Why does that sound weird? Okay, why does that sound weird? Okay. Do you remember Mike Shanahan? Not the one, the coach, the one who played for Pitt, the wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he played with uh, Jonathan Baldwin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They were supposed to be good, and nothing ever happened. Jonathan Baldwin, if Mahomes was there, he'd probably still be playing receiver for the Chiefs. Let's get to this question. It's been four minutes. Kenny Pickett. What do we think about him? I think he's going to have a, an up year, another year in the, the offense. I know the preseason is the preseason, but he couldn't have been much better in the preseason. There's things like timing, things being on the same page as your wide receivers. I mean, they scored, I think, every drive in the preseason. So he's doing about as much as he could to show us right now. What are you expecting when it's live, when we're actually playing games that matter? Yeah, so, I mean, it's just incredible to think of where we are today versus, you know, exactly a year ago in terms of just preparing this offseason and seeing how they, how they'll, you know, fare on Sundays. Uh, I think uh, what we have with Kenny Pickett right now is, you know, much better than I anticipated. He's coming off a uh, down regular season, if you look at him by numbers, but he improved over course of the season winning I think they went seven and two down the stretch. And, you know, you could owe a lot of that to TJ Watt coming back. But I think Kenny Pickett looked poised in situations. He was making his reads and getting the ball out quicker, which is something that was, you know, a draft day concern for him. But this preseason and offseason, he's saying the right things. You know, like you said, five of five drives, five touchdowns. You can't do any better than that. I think he's saying the right things because when he was asked about, it, he says, "You know, it's just it's just preseason." I like that he's trying to hold some sort of standard and accountability, which you don't really see a lot during Roethlisberger's years. And um, I think if anything holds it holds him back, it's just going to be not playing enough football at the pro level yet, as well as I think Tomlin in Canada they just simply need to open up the playbook more. I feel like they are too conservative with their offense and that drives limitations across the field. And I don't know if that's due to Pickett not being ready or 
if it's just a lack of play calling. But from what we've seen in the preseason, we've seen, you know, flashes of greatness here. Now, I just want to see if it translates to the regular season because despite all the offseason hype, despite everything that's been done in the preseason, games have never been won on paper. And I think that uh, some of the numbers from last year were more concerning rather than a good preseason, so to speak. Um, for example, they were, Steelers were 28th as a team in pass yards per attempt, and uh, they were 31st in total touchdowns and last in passing touchdowns. Yeah. I, I, are you seeing these uh, touchdowns going up, you think, for, for Pickett? Maybe just being a, a year wiser, a year more with, you would think, a, another year with the offensive coordinator, although we can just kind of transition into that in this question, because one of my other ones was Matt Canada and play call. Now, like I said, they looked decent in the preseason, but like I said, that could be one drive here and there. That's not very much. And who knows how much you're really going to give away in the preseason based on the plays you're going to do. Are you expecting now there's, you know, a more kind of, what we're expecting to be a better offensive line, a better supporting cast around Kenny Pickett, another year with Canada. Do we think Canada is going to trust Pickett more to throw the ball across the middle, to actually stretch the ball downfield? Or is that not even in Canada's playbook? Who knows? Are, are they all going to be end-arounds? <laughs> right. So it's going to come down to if you do not trust Pickett to do those plays, he shouldn't be your quarterback. And if he is capable of making those plays and you're not dialing those up, you're holding your quarterback and offense back. And I feel like Canada should already be on the hot seat. I feel like the talent surrounding this team is being held back by some of the play calling. And just, you know, like last year, there's a lack of a run game. I know Najee injured his foot early on, but ever since he's been drafted past year, and even heading into this year, if you include the preseason, it looks like Jalen Warren just has more burst in him. Um, Sealers were uh, 25th in rush yards per attempt to go along with that 28th in pass yards per attempt. And uh, like I said, I feel like they just need to find ways that isn't trying to, you know, truck their opponents. It seems like every week one and two, the Steelers have this bag of tricks and then they run out of plays, you know, by uh, October. Yeah. You know, they're not Andy Reid or, you know, Kyle Shanahan, who's creative enough to docker up plays that last, you know, sustainably for the whole season. So I feel like, you know, if they want to get out and compete with these teams, they need to open up the playbook. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you're, you know, if you're afraid of opening it up for the playbook, then, you know, opening it up for Kenny Pickett, then, like, what's the point of him being your quarterback? Yeah, the, I mean, the offense seems to be too talented to to run these reverse plays. I think I might have said it last year. It feels like on NFL Street, like when the other team has a game record and you're just trying to, like, dink and dunk and get out of bounds and try to get three yards or three and a half yards on every play to try to inch your way down the field when you have these other guys. I mean, you have some solid receivers. Uh, what are we thinking about uh, Najee Harris? Is he even... He's looking like a worst and worst draft pick every year. Nothing against his – well, I guess it is against his production because he should be better as a number one pick. But you can kind of blame that on the offense production. They haven't had a pass game really to speak of since he's been drafted. So it's not like they're opening the ball up and getting the, the 
you know, the defensive back out of the box. They're stacking the box with, say, eight guys some of the times. Because, like, at the end of uh, Roethlisberger, right? Didn't Najee play with Roethlisberger for a year? Yeah, uh, the final year, yeah, which was they, his best year, too, by the way. Right. The, but we're we're still looking at Roethlisberger's getting rid of the ball immediately. Mm-hmm. They're all dunk, dink and dunk kind of plays. Mm-hmm. They're not opening the the field up, so I'm thinking maybe if they have a better passing game, which a lot of people are expecting, they're expecting George Pickens to be good. They're expecting Deontay Johnson to at least have more touchdowns this year, which is hard to not do as a number one receiver. <laughs> if he is the number one receiver, which is going to be my next question, but some of these threats, do you think that maybe opening up the pass game will see more Najee Harris bursts, or is it just maybe they should have never drafted him to begin with? Well, I think both those are very true. Um, to begin, I will say Najee Harris, in my opinion, was not a good draft choice just due to the scarcity of the running back position and because, you know, they're constantly getting injured. Paying these guys for a second contract always seems to backfire, especially when you're thinking of guys right now like Jonathan Taylor. It's hard for him to get a second deal, and he's also hurt. Uh, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's contract didn't work out very well, uh, and that's why these guys just can't get paid. Um, so yeah, I feel like you could have gotten a more productive edge rusher or offensive lineman with that pick. And, uh, you know, I feel like running backs don't lead to victories as much as these other right. positions do. I feel like a pretty solid edge rusher is more important to a franchise than a pro bowl caliber running back. It's just the reality of the sport right now. I f- but yeah, uh, no, I w- you were just talking about the durability and we were kind of talking about this. 15, 15 years ago or so, like it was a more run based um, league. But I feel like the running backs, or at least the star running backs, weren't getting as hurt as much or as long. Um, and they were relevant for longer. I mean, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander played forever. You see Brian Westbrook. You see guys like that. Even Priest Holmes played for a while. Even uh, Jerome Bettis played for forever like you see a lot of these guys and nobody's getting hit more than the bus like and he played i mean long enough to rack up what sixth on the all-time rushing list and it's not like he was getting nine yards a carry yeah well nowadays the running back's the only position you can hit anymore so i don't know if that has some sort of difference on it but i know like back like you said in the early 2000s like you could hit any position and like these running backs who are getting more carries there weren't many committees back then, but like they lasted season after season, got paid good contracts. But nowadays, it's strange. You just see these running backs getting hurt nonstop. Or even Edron James played for forever. Like, you see these guys who are always on the team. And, uh, well, maybe they didn't play as long as I thought, but they definitely were relevant for longer. And it could be like, you know, like lack of heading in practice and preseason reps nowadays, but it's still strange to me. You think that'd make players fresher and maybe, you know, more prone for hits, but I don't know. It's it's strange as how that's happened. Yeah, maybe it's just a perception. Maybe if I did the stats digging, uh, it, it's not the case, but that's how it at least feels. So I was talking about Kenny Pickett. I wanted to know about Canada plays. No, I was kind of talking about it with Deontay Johnson saying number one, George Pickens. A lot of people are think primed to have a breakout season. Who do you think is the Steelers' number one receiver right now? Who will it be by the end of the year? Well, if you're looking at number one, just from like who's been better up to this point, 
it's uh, Deontay Johnson, obviously. But if you're saying, like, who's the one in terms of on your depth chart, I think the Steelers actually have a balance here where we have two different types of wide receivers, obviously. Uh, Deontay Johnson's obviously more of a quick off-the-line sort of wide receiver looking to create separation, where George Pickens is more of a playmaker down the field. So as far as a number one role, I think it's just based off of, you know, scheme and whatever formation you're bringing out due to, you know, whoever you're playing against or situationally in football games. If you're the defensive coordinator, who do you put your number one corner against? I feel like, you know, you match it properly. If you have a more physical corner, like a Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Peters, you'd put them on Pickens. But if you have like more of a quicker guy like Sauce Gardner, I think you would pair him on Deontay Johnson. Okay. All right. I mean, that's a fair answer. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, they're very different types of receivers, so it would make sense you would play them differently. Right. But I think George Pickens is a better wide receiver to have on your football team right now. I feel like his hands are better and his um, ability to make plays down the field or or just substantially better. You see, Deontay Johnson has um, you know issues dropping the football. He has issues just even the run after catch, which is where he should thrive over Pickens. You see him more times than not just failing to make defenders miss on the screen game. I think Pickens, you know, great athlete. Uh, he has great agility and body control, especially his um, ability to keep his toes in bounds on jump balls. Incredible. It's just. I don't know if one or two spectacular catches is going to win you the football games. I want to see more out of more production rather than just one or two catches that wow you a game. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's see. I have offensive line. Now, last year, I I believe they, the offensive line was one of the most cohesive groups or at least played together the most without injuries or, you know, the most cohesiveness, I guess. JP, they, they, we have a little bit of a new look O-line this year. What are your expectations for that? I like Sayamalu coming in. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there's a first-round draft pick who's sitting on the bench right now. Are we expecting uh, tackle change at some point? Yeah, so I think the offensive line, believe it or not, is actually going to be one of the better ones in football this season. They uh, substantially progressed throughout the course of the season last year. Uh, They finished with actually the seventh highest grade from PFF in pass blocking over the course of the year. Do we think think this whole like idea of the offensive line is where they're struggling isn't necessarily true? Yeah, the right side of their offensive line, in particular, uh, Chukwuma four and James Daniels had substantially less penalties and allowed fewer sacks than Dotson and more on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dotson's gone, and they got a fourth-rounder from him. They had a pair of fifth-rounder to get from the Rams, which I think was a great deal on Pittsburgh's behalf. They also um, <clears throat> drafted Broderick Jones, who I think can play in this league. It's just right now, I, I feel like Dan Moore has shown some promise this offseason in practice and in the preseason as well. So losing his job to a rookie at the moment is just a move Tomlin doesn't want to make. And I think, you know, the addition of um, Isaac, what did you say? Samo what? I thought it was, geez, Samalu? Or... Oh, Samalu. S- okay, right. Jeez, I, I, I have to say it again. I can't remember what I said. Now I'm, say Amalu. Say Amalu, I think. 
I think it's a great addition. Obviously, Philadelphia coming from there, one of the best offensive lines in football. And he's going to help the run games significantly off the left side. Um, you know, I think Philly was top three in rushing yards as a unit. Miles Sanders had a Pro Bowl season there. And I think that pairing him with a potential starter in Broderick Jones and that right side that showed promise, especially at the end of last season, I think you have a decent unit here. It's not, I'm not saying they'll have any Pro Bowl guys, but I think they could have like a top 10 to 10 to 15 unit in the NFL. So if we're thinking better wide receiver play, or at least you're saying there could be potentially two number one wide receivers, we're expecting an improved offensive line. Hopefully Kenny Pickett has another year with Matt Canada, and they let him open it up. What are you expecting from this offense? What are you expecting? Maybe points per game roughly, or where are they going to fall? Are they a top 10 offense? Are they a top 15? Where are they? Right. It's like another thing. I just want to see it to believe it because, like, I've seen flashes in the preseason. We'll see what the play calling is. This is a team that consistently likes to play conservative football and run run it and play defense rather than light up the scoreboard. So I feel like they're a little bit behind on the times of the NFL right now. But like you said, I think Pickett will be better. He's making his reads quicker, getting the ball out quicker. And I think he's thrown, you know, a more accurate football. He's getting more confident. He's saying the right things. So I like all of that. The run game I still have questions about because I feel like Najee is going to take a back seat in a way to be kind of a 1A rather than a premier number one. I could see there being a committee in Pittsburgh. Najee actually averaged 3.8 yards a carry last year. which was ranked 46th in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, so I'm ex- the run game's a question for me. I'm hoping um, with, with... I would like to yeah. see them use the backs in the passing game more, to be honest. Like an Austin Eckler type, like Najee caught some balls at Alabama. Why have we faded that out of our playbook? I, I, I don't get it, but it, it worked with James Conner even, even when Le'Veon Bell left, you know, when they would check it down to him, that worked. I don't know why Najee's not more involved in the pass game, but uh, yeah, that, that's my issue with the backfield offensive line. Like I said, I think they could have like, you know, maybe 12, 13. That was where they could rank at the end of the year. I like the improvement on the left side, and I definitely like where the pick Broderick Jones, I think, is going to pan out eventually coming from Georgia. And um, what was the last? I, I like Fryermuth as a tight end, and the wide receiver play, I think, is going to – I think it's a breakout year for Pickens. I'd like to see him run better routes and create more separation because that's what's going to elevate his game to the next level, but I like what I've seen. And um, – you know, I, I think De- Deontay has a bounce back year. He won't be a pro bowler by any means, but I could see a thousand yards and maybe like four or five touchdowns get on the board a few times. Yeah. Um, I could see, you know, m- maybe tw- 24 would be kind of where you want to be if you have a great defense, but I could see them averaging maybe 21, 22 points a game. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I would they had hoped for more than last that. Yeah. year, which was 26th in the NFL. So it's substantial improvement. They had 18 last year. Yeah. That's 18. not 18.1 was their average, which ranked 26th in the NFL. This is my last question about the offense, and I have two about the defense. It's not even really, a, I just made me think of it while you were talking about Pickett, having all the right answers. Is Kenny Pickett already a better, at least, emotional 
leader for that team. Maybe he doesn't play like Roethlisberger and win, you know, based on, like, I'm a leader by what I do, but I feel like emotionally or at least uh, speaking, he is a better leader already than Roethlisberger. Yeah, Ben was more kind of like, he kind of was in the shadows of Jerome Bettis and Heinz Ward and Troy Polamalu and James Ferrier early in his career. And then it seemed like towards the end when he was supposed to be the guy that was in charge, you saw a lot of like diva behavior from a lot of Steelers. And I felt like he was, he kind of looked at that as Tomlin's job rather than his job. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, as a leader, you have to step up and do that. Ben obviously is going to be a hall of fame quarterback, multiple Super Bowl rings, but I feel like you could have had something better with Bell and Brown there. Like maybe they win a playoff game or go on a run. If there's some sort of leadership and accountability from your teammates rather than just your coach. And I'm, I'm not even saying it's Roethlisberger's responsibility to get guys in line, but I'm even saying like, I feel like you don't even see him leading like the pregame speech, like Drew Brees or something like that, you know? Right, exactly. It's it's all on Cam Hayward. He's the only true right, leader. Right, I've since James Ferrier and and that, maybe even like guys like Larry Foote were b- bigger leaders. Right, exactly. <laughs> and like your mid-tier linebackers and guys, you know, Brett Kiesel would do right. it. Like guys like that are the ones who are the leaders rather than your quarterback. It causes issues in the locker room. Quar- quarterback needs to be the leader, I feel like. And Kenny Pickett has shown that. Is he like... You know, is, is he Breeze or one of these guys that's like, when I think Kenny Pickett, do I think leadership immediately? Yeah. No, but he's way more of a leader than Roethlisberger, who, from what I've heard, like his off-seasons would just be like one yoga session a week. Like yeah. this guy never really like stayed in shape. Or, right. He's not right. that uh, gym rat film study. He's not Peyton Manning kind of guy. Not that he's and, in the gym, but like. And another thing, he's like running his mouth on his podcast now. Like, why couldn't you hold these guys accountable when you were there? Like, you're much tougher behind the scenes. Yeah, I don't know. I think he just likes to talk and kind of, I don't know. Move. He, he seems like he wasn't well-liked or respected by his teammates. And even, like, at any real point in his career. Other than, like. They trust him to drive down the field. But it was like even guys like uh, Kirk Cousins who aren't like this traditional. He's like Kirk Cousins isn't Ray Lewis, but he's also there and like more of a leader after the game. He's he's giving out the game ball or whatever. Um, or you see him pl- hanging out with his teammates. They did the, the, the big uh, Kirko uh, with uh, chains on and stuff, you know, him <laughs> dancing and stuff with Justin Jefferson like. You would never see Roethlisberger do that with a teammate. It's almost like no, he was it, better than his teammates. When you think of it, too, like, when you think of post-game conferences, like, you know, you see, like, like Lamar's at the podium. You see, uh, you know, Burrow's there. Mahomes is there. You know, I, it was always Tomlin. You never got Ben at the podium. It was like, you know, never wanted to hold accountability, it seems like. Um, it just seemed like it was like, I'm here to do my job, and I do my job well. Some of the other guys do it well, but it's on Tomlin to like, yeah, you know, hold everyone in line. I guess. Yeah. Not that like Kenny Pickett's yelling at people, or not right. that anyone does that. Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets along with his players, not yelling at him. You know, like it's very easy, easily. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying be a leader the way Jalen Hurts is by any means, but at least just be present. You know, or like you said, Kirk Cousins is at least trying to fit in with his younger teammates. I'm not, I've heard Stafford, too, and uh, 
Aaron Rodgers, we know, like they struggled to get along with these new guys too. But, uh, you know, I feel like if you want to find a way, you'll make it work the way Brady did his whole career. Right. And, and it is, it's not, you don't have to be like an outrageous motivator, but like, I don't know. There's something about, you can kind of just feel like the respect from, from his teammates and stuff. And just, uh, I guess you expect more of that as out of a quarterback. All that being said, he's the first ballot hall of famer and the best quarterback the Steelers have ever had. So, you know, let, let's not mix that up either. He's absolutely a right. beast. I don't know that in his prime there's anybody I'd rather have drive down the field to win a game, including Tom I, Brady. I kind of feel like times are a little, a little different now, whereas, like, people were more prone, I feel like, even just 10 years ago, to be like, oh, well, this guy's great. Maybe I should just listen to him. You know, hopefully I don't mess up. But nowadays it's more like, no, you want the guy that's uh, – taking accountability you, you you want the guy who's willing to learn with you it's more of like a team thing and i think like that all relates to building a culture of winning and you know i think that's something that i hope uh pickett brings and seems to this point it, it's been better yeah definitely all right let's talk about a little bit of the defense one thing that has me excited about the defense this year obviously linebackers going into the year healthy which is which is huge T.J. Watt, uh, we have uh, a guy who makes me very excited, Nick Herbig coming in, which we know T.J. Watt is an absolute beast. Alex Highsmith on the other side, very, very, very good, uh, especially when T.J. Watt's playing. I like Herbig coming in because uh, you know T.J. Watt's going to tap out for a little bit. And then in in the middle, too, there's just Cole Holcomb, guys like this that you see, there's just depth especially at the linebacker position. And they're all competent professionals. Yes, I, I like the uh, Cole Holcomb sign. I was a big fan of He's kind of a throwback type player, whereas like, I think his style of play would have been better 10, 15 years ago. But now with the pass game, it's a little bit more difficult. But that's why you have Quan Alexander, who's a little bit quicker in coverage. Uh, Holcomb, the run stopper, and definitely somebody who I was surprised to even see on the market. Definitely both. I I don't want to say they're lateral moves from uh, Bush and uh, Miles Jack. I think that they are actually a little bit better. Holcomb has a strength at going after the ball carrier, and Alexander just natural speed in the middle. I like that better than what they had. TJ Watt. The question is, can he stay healthy? And hopefully, you know, when he's in the game, he's a game, you know, he wrecks the game for the other team. He's, um, you know, down the stretch when he was healthy and when they ra- rallied off all those wins, going 7-2 and two down the stretch. It was a lot of it's because Walt was back. I'm excited to see what he can bring. Highsmith, to me, is, I, I don't necessarily like the contract they gave him. I'm happy that he's still around. He had a, what, 14 and a half sacks. I would like to give him another year and see where we were with him because I don't see him as – I see him more as a Robin piece to TJ yeah, Watt. Sure. And uh, he had 11 and a half sacks – or 11 sacks with Watt, three and a half when he was out of the game. Yeah. Uh, so I don't see him even as like a Woodley to Harrison. I don't see him as a Hagen's supporter or, you know – Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd. I don't really see him as a second piece the way those guys were, but he's effective when Watts in the game. Is he as good as Bud Dupree would be? Yes, I would say he was on Bud Dupree's level. That's where we are with Alex Highsmith. It's someone who's good if Watts in the game, 
but he's someone I wouldn't want to like, you know, build a long-term contract with when I feel like you could have gotten a second round pick for him potentially. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, uh, <laughs> there's this, uh, funny story. Uh, this comedian in Pittsburgh, Seneca stone, he, uh, just got his picture up on the wall of the improv. He, you know, hometown greats, uh, Seneca Stone. He's super funny, super nice guy. I love Seneca. He, as soon as he was getting his picture up on the in the wall in the improv, he was going to be the most famous guy in uh, Pittsburgh for his family, at least. The Steelers signed Cole Holcomb, who is his cousin, and like now he's not even the most famous guy in Pittsburgh. From his family. <laughs> like, oh, I guess it helps. He's from Buffalo, so they're all from New York. So, like, he came to another city, and now he's not even the biggest guy in his family <laughs> here anymore. Cole Holcomb's just such a great guy to have. Just just the haircut alone is just phenomenal. Like, that's <laughs> why I just love having that guy in the middle. Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> Last question, and then we'll get to your picks. Um, speaking of picks, it has to do with the secondary. Um, the only guy returning as a starter from the Steelers is Minka Fitzpatrick, who is, if you're going to have one, uh, you're glad it's him. <laughs> he, he's as good as all of the other ones combined, probably. But this year we have possibly what, uh, Neil or Casey at uh, safety, um, both competent starters, I think. Um and then we have, uh, starting the season, Patrick Peterson, I believe, is one of the starters. And um, I can't remember who the other one. Who is it? Uh, Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace, yes. So we're not seeing Joey Porter Jr. as of yet. Uh, they just signed um, King. So what are we thinking, JP? Um, what are we thinking as this as the secondary as a whole? Obviously, Mick Fitzpatrick is uh, all pro, all world safety. Um, what are we thinking from the rest of the secondary? Big fan of Micah Fitzpatrick, best safety in the NFL, but he needs to play safety and not be fifth linebacker. Like yeah. he has been at times last year and how he was two years ago, most of the time. Um, and I think the linebacker play will help. I, uh, people aren't going to like this, but I'm really not big on the Steelers secondary this year very much. I, I, I like, obviously, Fitzpatrick. I think he could play some mind games this week with Purdy. and I expect big things from him, but uh, these other, like, T- Terrell Edmonds, I thought was a serviceable starter. Dirt cheap one, too. I would have retained him if I could have. Uh, I think these other guys could be a slightly less talented. Maybe it's a lateral move, but that's what it is at best. Patrick Peterson's only getting older, though he's coming off a good year in Minnesota. I like that he brings a veteran presence, but I don't think he's what Joe Hayden was when he came here. No. And speaking of that, I heard the King sign was like the Joe Hayden sign. I forget if that was like Steeler Depot or someone on the B team that mentioned it. But uh, yeah, they're saying how King could be like Joe Hayden. I'm like, get out of here with that. They're saying he can play slot or the outside. And uh, he's a former all pro. The reason he was an all pro is because the team forgot to write Casey Hayward, who made the Pro Bowl that year. They wrote King's name instead as an All Pro. Like I don't know how you miss the Pro Bowl but make the All Pro team. How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happens. But like clearly, Casey Hayward was the Chargers' best corner that year. I don't know how it happens, but I I, I feel like I, I'm just not big on him, and I'm not big on Joey Porter as a player either. I feel like 
he was uber hyped as a prospect. He can press yet line of scrimmage, but his off ball coverage just isn't good. He doesn't have good recovery. He holds a lot. Um, you know, I don't think he's ready to play at the NFL level yet. And that was more of a, uh, like, like Yinzer feel good pick. Um, I hope he develops, but I don't see him playing from the edge the way his dad did. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think Peterson or King are Joe Hayden, the way they're trying to portray him right now. Uh, I definitely don't Peterson's think Patrick good, Peterson is. I presence, think he's, but he's, he's slower now. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that helps us cover Amari Cooper or Jamar Chase or, you know, T Higgins or these young guys Baltimore has now. I think he, he's there to be a leader and kind of steer. I think they brought him in knowing they're going to take a young corner. And obviously the Steelers can't develop cornerbacks at all. So maybe they bring in one of the best corners who has played maybe not at his prime right now, maybe hopefully maybe by osmosis something rubs off on him. I'm on ESPN.com right now, and they have Joey Porter Jr. as the starting right cornerback, so I'm sure there's uh, there might be different ones. But Yeah, yeah, I think Wallace is going to end up starting over him. And Wallace is just well, they have guy. Wallace as a starter, too. They have Wallace and Porter. They have... Uh, not Peterson. Yeah, they have Peterson as second. Okay, that's interesting. I feel like Peterson's going to start. I mean, he better start. I don't think Porter's ready. And uh, like I said, I, I like uh, that it's, Peterson's it's, coming off a good year, and he is that presence. But like, I feel like I just feel like at this rate, they're just kind of other guys at this point. We're we're also saying this like it's you know traditional three four defense where it's the base defense all the time. You see guys line up with three or four wide receivers on first down anymore. You're going to see more cornerback play. So, you're, I mean, it's not just, you know, your two starting ones. You're going to see probably three or four of them, at least. Yeah, but if you're doing a uh, nickel, I feel like King's coming in to play with Peterson and uh, Wallace. I wonder where Porter gets his looks. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess That's we'll it. see. Um, yeah, going into that. Well, well I, like I know said, King I is like supposed to be Peterson sign, Much like the Hayden sign actually might uh, – work out knowing they can't draft a corner to save their lives. Like you said, um, the, the, the uh, only corners they've had recently to pan out have been Hayden. And um, it was uh, the, the other ones that they do, the ones that do pan out, they just unload like, uh, like uh, Keenan Lewis, Cam Sutton, like not that they were all pros, Steve Nelson, they weren't all pros, but these guys, I feel like were better than the guys. With Mike Hilton the, even, although, you know, who knows yeah, Mike Hilton's maybe him. the best nickel corner in the game, and we let him go to the Bengals so we could sign King. <laughs> hey. Like, give me a break. Come King on. could be this year's <laughs> Joe Hayden. I'm not sure if you heard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, that's not – you're, you're putting a, a, a damper on uh, the Steelers' look. What are, what are you thinking overall? Now, the one thing that could be the saving grace for the Steelers' secondary is the Steelers' pass rush if that can be effective. Right. But even their, their front seven, like I, I love Cam Hayward, but uh, he's getting older too. And like, he's been healthy too outside of him. Uh, I mean, Oban Joby's been okay. Uh, they, they have that rookie that they're starting to from Wisconsin, I believe. Um, it's just still question marks though. I, I think that it's serviceable, but I, I'm not like selling the stock, but I, I kind of want to hold here. You know? are, are you more optimistic with the offense than the defense then? Uh, definitely this year. I think I'm more optimistic offensively than they were, but as a whole unit, I don't know. Cause defense is so star driven. They have 
the best nose tackle you could argue in the game right now, if outside of Aaron Donald and Chris Jones, um, maybe the best edge rusher and TJ Watt and best safety in my opinion. But outside of those guys, it's just a lot of guys I'm holding on. No one I'm sold on, but I'm, I'm holding at the moment. Yeah. So I guess I'm more sold on more offensive pieces. So yeah, to answer your question, I guess oddly enough, maybe I am a little bit more <laughs> sold on the offense. Yeah, or maybe it's just the offense is going to be more improved than the offense they had last year where the defense maybe is closer to what it was. Yeah, I, I'm excited for this week one. This is the week you can upset San Fran. Uh, Tomlin's 10-5-1 and one in his career in week one, won his last three, and he's 4-1 and one at home in those openers. Yeah. Steelers openers rarely at home, though, I feel like that, at least for the last few or you know, a few years or so. Now, JP, let's get into some of your picks because we've been talking for, I mean, obviously that's what the podcast is about. But, <laughs> Episode uh, one, yeah, it's dragging. Well, no, no, it's it's flying around. That's what I'm saying. It's going because we're almost 50 minutes in. So let's get into your picks. Now, I can't do the, the sound drops for the numbers right now uh, because I took them off the podcast machine for a live show. But um, we'll, uh, we'll just, I'll have myself do it number one all right take it away all right number one i'm gonna stick to the opener now my opinions aren't as confident right now with the injury to kelsey but i'm gonna stick with the chiefs because i'm just gonna stick to my word right here they're now minus five and a half rather than the six and a half and the reason for that is i think Reed and mahomes coming off you an off season not just a bye week where reed's always dominant but a whole off season here I think Kansas City is going to have a bag of tricks here that uh, Detroit's not ready for. Uh, Reed and Mahomes are 5-0 and in week one in their careers together, averaging 38 points a game. They were first in total points and total touchdowns last season. Detroit was third in points allowed, and they surrendered, um, I think, the most uh, points in the second half as a defense last year. And um, Goff is, had 23 touchdowns at home last year and only six on the road. He's a different quarterback when he has to play in a different stadium. Um, I Are don't you like sold on Goff overall? Is, what was that? Do you think Jared Goff is a good quarterback? I think he's a pretty good quarterback. He's like uh, 16 to 20 in that range. Would you rather have Kenny Pickett right now or Jared Goff? Uh, Kenny Pickett due to the age, and I feel like He's slightly more mobile. Golf throws a little bit of a better ball, but I think Pickett can develop. Is it more because of age? Three. Yeah, yeah, age yeah. too. But I feel like Pickett's a little bit more mobile too. But I'm saying, is the main driving factor the age versus mobility versus the arm? Do you know what I mean? Right. No, I, I think uh, you know Pickett's still. You know, I mean, he played a lot of ball at Pitt. He's a little bit older. He's what? I think 24, 25. Golf's yeah. probably 29, 30. Right. Um, yeah, I would. I, I don't really consider it. You could still be in your prime at the, at twenty nine and win Super Bowls like that. Golf to me is just, you know, there, there's not much mobility. He needs elevated. In the way, I think Pickett still needs it, but I feel like um, t- to me, Kenny Pickett, I think throws downfield um, n- not as beautifully as Golf, but I feel like he's developing. You know, throws down the field better. Like I've seen this preseason, I feel like. As passers, they're 
uh, pretty close, Goff having the edge, but mobility-wise and leadership-wise, I feel like I'd, I'd like Pickett. Yeah, I think I'd like Pickett, not to make it all about him and go on a whole tangent, but I think right now, like, Jared Goff doesn't scare me, but I hear a lot of people say Jared Goff, you know, is a good quarterback and stuff, and they don't say the same thing about Kenny Pickett as much, They or they will rank him lower, but I would rather have Pickett come in. I feel like he has kind of an edge about him more so than, than Goff. Like, if Goff came in, I'm not scared of him driving down. I'm not afraid of Goff doing the the drive against the Ravens that Pickett did. Right, same. I, I agree. And I feel like Goff has, like, an offense designed for him where Pickett was, no, run the football and drain the clock so we can punt and play yeah. defense. Right. All right. right. Well, we can get but, back to your picks. Yeah, so I was going to say, I don't like the tactical situation for KC, and their two best players outside of Mahomes aren't there. But look for him to, you know, look for them to dial up some trick plays here that I think work. Mahomes is the best player in football, I think, by a long shot, and he's going to prove it this week, even without these guys. Look for uh, Sky Moore to get involved and uh, J- Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield. All righty. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. This was, uh, oddly enough, kind of my favorite pick of the week. I like Tampa Bay, even without Brady, plus six versus Minnesota. But in uh, – Vikings defense no longer have Patrick Peterson, no longer have Zadarius Smith, and uh, I'm Dalvin Cook in the backfield's gone too. Um, this is a historically horrible defense from last year. They were fifth in points allowed, but get this. They allowed touchdowns on 32% of drives in the final four minutes of games or before halftime. The NFL average was 12%. Oh, wow. So the we're 31st team was 20.6%, and they were at 32%. Oh, wow. So they're significantly worse at that. Almost what? One every – if, if you're counting the end of the half and the end of the game, then you're talking once every three quarters – or once every three halves. So what, mm-hmm. three times every two games? Yeah, it's just like defense can't get – can't stay on the field or can't get the offenses off field. And uh, get this, uh, that was the worst ever since 2000. Yeah, that's bad. So they ranked 686 out of 686, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) So, and they haven't done much to address defense. Wait, you said since 2000? Yeah, since 2000. Oh my God, is that a stretch? (laughs) (laughs) They, They can't. Um, and they haven't really addressed it, you know, this offseason either. They don't have many playmakers outside of Danielle Hunter and Harrison Smith, who are the, both getting older. The saddest thing is the Browns also have not had a franchise quarterback in that time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I feel like these losses, this defense, it's just it's not going to work out. And uh, on the contrary, uh, Vikings offense, they were 11-0 in one-score games last year. It's, it's not going to happen again. And despite Justin Jefferson being who he is, Tampa Bay secondary actually ranked ninth in the NFL, according to PFF, with uh, Antonio Winfield Jr., uh, uh, Jermaine Dean, and Neal, their corners as well, all great in the top 10 at their positions. So their secondary wasn't a weak link. And uh, if we're allowed to hype Kenny up for the preseason, Baker Mayfield, 14 of 15, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. Wow. Why can't he, you know, flourish here with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin against a defense like that? I don't. I think they could win it outright, but plus the six points, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I never thought Baker Mayfield was as good 
as some of the hype he was in Cleveland when he was in every Hulu commercial and everything else, the uh, whatever cable commercial it is, or I can't even remember. But he was in every commercial, and he was completely overhyped, like the whole Browns franchise was for however many years, and still probably is. I, mean, I don't think he, he was the first guy to like have a winning season in thirty years. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's like everybody thinking the Pirates were wonderful because they won one wild card game in forty <laughs> years. And, I guess and it is exciting you, when you're part of it, but yeah, let's not. I guess when you pass Ben Roethlisberger's records for a win at that stadium, you <laughs> get some recognition. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> He's still like, uh, does he have like the most wins in Ohio? Still, uh, that could be the case. I don't remember, but no, he very well may. Um, oh, well, Joe Burrow probably does now, but um, <laughs> or at least of during his tenure. Um, I also don't think he's as bad as people think he is either. I think he has an edge about him, maybe more than he deserves based on his play. But he, I feel like he's not afraid of anybody. Right. He he has an edge. I agree with that. Um, he's not the most efficient. He's a little undersized. That's not the strongest arm. But if you surround him with weapons, he can get there. I don't like Tampa's run game, but they're playing a historically horrible defense this week. If, I think that Chris, yeah, Tristan Wirfs moving to left tackle is going to help. And, uh, I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, these guys can still play. If Baker Mayfield played for the 49ers, would they be a Super Bowl contender? Well, yeah, because I feel like they're a Super Bowl contender, you know, Brock Purdy. So, yeah, I yeah. Like <laughs> slide right in. How many – okay, well, this is going to – that'll take forever. We'll do a different part. I wonder how many starting quarterbacks we could go through before – or how many quarterbacks we could go through before we before we get to the first one we think would not win a Super Bowl with San Francisco or is not capable? <laughs> Maybe just Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> he would be the worst too. Um, okay, do you want to do number three then? Sure. All right. Speaking All of right. Denver, though, I w- uh, with uh, Sertan Jr. and then you think of like guys like Champ Bailey and then Chris. Jeez, uh, what was his name? Chris. Uh, Junior, Chris Harris, Harris. and yeah. then uh, uh, keep Talib, the keep Talib, and all them. There's solid cornerbacks in in Denver. It's like a Steeler yeah, linebacker kind of group. Yeah, Justin Simmons. He's they, they and they always have playmakers like there. Yeah, T.J. Ward, Brian Dawkins towards the end. Yeah, John they Lynch. Seem to find guys in the secondary. Even back to Steve Atwater and people like that. Yeah. Like, uh, solid, <laughs> solid guys. All Speaking right. of Denver, though, they are also. Uh, my pick for number three, while well, well bet against, I guess, <laughs> obviously. I like this one a lot, too. I'm taking a Las Vegas plus four against Denver. Um, I don't think the Raiders are as bad as a lot of people feel they are. They're coming off a down year. I don't love McDaniels as a coach, but I feel like he's coaching for his job this year, and he's going to want to show up. Um, you know, Sean Payton coming into Denver as well. I think... Uh, Denver has the coaching edge, but I don't think Denver, I feel like there are some limitations here that uh, Sean Payton's just not going to be able to fix overnight. Uh, Raiders did go 2-0 and against the Broncos last year, and in both those games, uh, both games, Devontae Adams had over 100 receiving yards in both. Josh Jacobs totaled over 160 yards in both, and Max Crosby recorded two sacks in both. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like... Um, it's going to be a struggle. Russell Wilson, we still have question marks about everywhere. Um, Denver was last in points, 28th in total touchdowns. And Jimmy G, who's now quarterback for the Raiders, actually wins over 70% of his starts. 
<laughs> do we do? Are you uh, a f- believer in uh, Sean Payton coming into Denver? I like him as a coach. I just feel like this Ross. I, I thought it was a dumb decision. I feel like he should have waited a year and taken the Chargers job if it opened up or a different team. Uh, uh, yeah. Denver to me not draft capital to fix their problems. Uh, Jerry Judy's injured now, and uh, I so many question marks. Russell Wilson right now. It seems like his teammates kind of don't even like him, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Bradley Chubb's gone. Uh, outside of Pat Sertan, I don't really like a lot of guys on this team. Whereas Vegas, believe it or not, they're relatively strong at positions in need. Devontae Adams is a stud. Uh, Hunter Renfro's a good slot guy. I think Jacoby Myers is a good sign. They have a, uh, Colton Miller's a solid left tackle. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby off the edge. And I think is efficient. He'll be efficient enough here. I like and, him uh, with Josh they're Daniels, getting four actually. Points. I think Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels can be good together. Yeah, plus yeah, they're reuniting from New England. I forgot. Like he didn't he didn't get along with Derek Carr, but him and Garoppolo see to be on the same page a lot. They'll look to you know extend drives, keep the ball away, and uh, you know I, I think that they're they have a shot at winning it. But if you're gonna give me four points as well, I really like this matchup. All right, let's go to number four then. Number four, I'm gonna take. Uh, Philadelphia minus three and a half against New England. Philly knows they have a tough schedule this year, so they open up with New England. I feel like this is one they know they have to win. Um, And a major reason is I feel like despite having Belichick and a good defense, New England's just lack of offensive playmakers is going to hold them back. Um, Mac Jones regressed last season. I feel like now I like that Bill O'Brien's there instead of uh, Matt Patricia calling plays. That's going to help significantly. But, I mean, they, they lost Jacoby Myers, who was one of their better receivers. And uh, they don't even have a one, like Devontae Parker, I feel like a three at this point. I feel like they don't have a one or two. Um, and uh, the secondary for Philly, they have two Pro Bowl corners. Um, I liked what Reed Blankenship did down the stretch. I think that you know, creating separation for these guys is going to be difficult. They're going to look to run the football, which is incredibly difficult to do against Philly's front seven. It's going to be a fight in the trenches that Philly wins every time, offensively and defensively. And uh, <laughs> Patriots actually were 0-2 last year against what we consider running quarterbacks. So against Lamar Jackson, uh, he ran for 107 and a touchdown on the ground, threw for four more, winning 37-26. to and Justin Fields ran for 82 yards in a score, beating them 33-14. to 14. So they're going to struggle against Jalen Hurts, who can not only run the ball but be a threat in the passing game with Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith as well. Philly has no weak links, it seems like, on this team. I do expect them to take a slight step back this year because they do lose both coordinators, which is a bigger deal than people think. But... I think they should be able to take this one by at least a touchdown against New England. Do you think maybe they should bring Cliff Kingsbury in? <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's been related to so many funny quarterbacks. Right, right. Just the quarterback whisperer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he whispers, don't try to sign a bunch of autographs. Um, let's go to number five then. Okay, number five, I'm going to take the Monday night game. I like Buffalo minus two and a half against the Jets. 
Uh, and again, oh. just like Aaron Rodgers doesn't get along with younger guys. I feel like it's going to be tough for him to fit in a new group, even though he did bring Alan Lazard with him and Randall Cobb. But <laughs> he just gets prickly, and I think that the pass rush is going to get to him, even without Von Miller this week. Jets offensive line has been in shambles all preseason and offseason. Uh, Dwayne Brown's 38, dealing with injury history, and McDye backed in injury history, who's been a total bust. They're moving him to right tackle because he can't play left tackle. And, uh, yeah, I feel like the Bills, who were top top five in sacks last year, are going to get after Aaron, who will panic here. Um, Dalvin Cook's on a new team as well. Brees Hall coming off injury. I think the Jets have some playmakers, but I think they're going to struggle against Buffalo, who a lot of people are sleeping on. Yeah, it seems like no, a lot of people are not as high on Buffalo this year as – uh, they have been. Not that they, you know, weren't a playoff team last year. I feel like uh, they had a noisy offseason, which I don't like. I actually kind of like Miami this year out of the division, but I feel like the Jets have always also had a noisy offseason. And uh, I don't know if, if I'm Sala, I'm telling Sauce Gardner to blanket Diggs and get in his head all game, get oh, that yeah. guy to freak out. <laughs> yeah, I think Buffalo could implode if they start zero and one and Diggs has a bad game. There could be an implosion. I agree. I could. Yes, I could see. I'm not huge on Buffalo, but I do like them this week. Yeah, I could definitely see that uh, with Stefan Diggs up there. Um, did you see any hard knocks, JP? I saw episode one. I don't like to get too much into it. Then it kind of like sways me one way. Oh, it always makes you think whoever's on hard knocks is going to be like a beast. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I kind of like to stay away from that, especially when I have my fantasy drafts and. Uh, when I make my picks, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's interesting, but uh, I hear it's kind of the Aaron Rodgers show who was like, uh, he acts like he doesn't want the camera on him all the time and he <laughs> eats it up when it's there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is the Aaron Rodgers. The whole thing's about Aaron Rodgers pretty much. They show <laughs> Quinn Williams occasionally, who is honestly, he's very entertaining. Uh, even guys like uh, Sauce Gardner and uh, what's his name? Jesus Christ, I can't remember anybody's names right now. Garrett Wilson? Yeah, Garrett Wilson. I think he's really, really good. I, I didn't get to really see him too much. I think he was a stud with uh, uh, last year with uh, Jesus Christ. I can't remember anybody's name. Well, yeah, they have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. They have a yeah. lot of young talent there. I'm just interested to see how, you know, how quickly Aaron adapts to it. I just feel like Buffalo's got a pass rush here that's going to cause a lot of problems this week. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Um, all right, that's all five. JP. It's been one Zach Wilson. That's who I'm trying to think of. Jesus, <laughs> I was like, if he was well, that good, well, was Zach Wilson? In, I definitely like Buffalo. Yeah, I'll tell you what. That is interesting. Zach Wilson did seem to play all right with uh, another quarterback in there. So maybe if he can learn a couple things. Although I don't think Aaron Rodgers is probably giving away too much. I think he seems like he's uh, friendly on TV. He's like, yeah, if you have any questions, kind of thing. But it's also like, uh, I think he's going to farve them. Yeah, that's 100 percent what it is. You know, he. I love how he's just turned into Brett Favre in many ways. Yeah. He just leaves the Packers for the Jets. He's like actually kind of an a-hole behind the scenes. I forgot he went to the Jets. I I always remember him with the Vikings. And we'll see yeah. if he goes to the Vikings. <laughs> Could you imagine that? They're going to be like, he, he's replacing Kirk Cousins. He's the one that's going to get him over the hump. And then he's going to throw a pick to the Saints. <laughs> Tracy Porter. Wasn't that who it was? That would be awesome. Uh, he picked off Peyton. Oh, uh, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. He picked of. off Favre. I forget. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> maybe Bill Myers. I, I don't know. 
Uh, I thought it was a defensive back. I don't remember why, yeah, but may, maybe I'm, I am mixing that up. All right, JP. Um, I guess we will find out. We'll follow this. We'll talk to you next week after uh, hopefully a Steelers victory. Hopefully uh, we go five for five, or you go five for five at least. Um, oh, last question, then we're going to wrap it up. Just real fast, 20 seconds or less. Thoughts on Coach Prime, Colorado, winning their first game. Love it. I was going to bet a money line before the game. Someone told me they won one game last year. Don't do it. So I chickened out, didn't do it. Live bet for a little bit, but not the eight, 80 to 1 odds that they were ahead of time. Or 8 to 1, not 80 to 1. I was say 80 to 1. Oh, my God. Yeah. Be, <laughs> I, I absolutely love uh, what they're doing. Travis, uh, what's it, Travis Hunter playing both ways, not just in packages, but the whole game. 160 plus snaps. Incredible. Kid looks incredible to quarterback. They're not going to be a playoff team, but I love where they're heading, and uh, I got faith in them. This awesome. Good program. Uh, he's so entertaining. I love I love Deion Sanders. Um, JP, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Uh, follow uh, Sports Extra. We're going to do it every week. Uh, follow Regular Poor Man's podcast. New episodes usually come out on Tuesday. And uh, follow uh, Poor Man's Podcast for some more of these one-on-one episodes. Like I said, I had Darius Kasparitis. We had comedian Frank Nicotero. I'm looking forward. I'm talking to uh, astrophysicist James Sanders next week. So that's going to be super interesting. Talk about some black holes and some other interesting things. Uh, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that good stuff. I just had Morgan Gruber on from American Idol. Check her out. She is an incredible singer. But JP... Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. For Sports Guy JP, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening. All I'm going to say is I'm so happy yeah. that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412 Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412 and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. In my opinion, that sucked. You play to win the game. You like that? You like that? But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Straight cash, homie.